How many times during your commute have you popped into the gas station convenience store to pick up a sweet treat? Chances are you've tried one of the products made by our next guest, New Hampshire's own Candyman. I'm Matt Mowry, editor of Business NH Magazine. And I'm Nathan Carroll, founder and president of Cardinal Consulting. And welcome to BizCast NH. Yes. I already have a little bit of a sweet tooth going here. We got, uh, I'm just saying, you know, a little couple little samples before the show started. And now I'm like dreaming of, I don't know, driving home with a lollipop in my mouth or something. Right? I know. So, um, do you, are you a, do you have a sweet tooth? Have you seen me? Well, yes, I, I have I, a sweet I make, tooth. <laughs> I make no assumptions. Make no assumptions. <laughs> yeah, no, um, I, I am a, a sugar holic, unfortunately, oh, but, um, yeah, you know, I, I used to have that one hour commute and you'd get gas and then I'd pop in and, you know, I used to see these great lollipops mm-hmm. by the cash register yeah. and they had all these like really unique flavors and yeah. such and, yeah. you know, I was like, that's a really cool product, you know? And, uh, you know, I'd give them for the kiddos. Mm-hmm. And then one day I found out that company, those are made by a company here in New Hampshire. And I went, that is so cool. That's cool. It's like, you know, you, yeah, exactly. I love How that. about you? Do you have um, a favorite treat that you, you go to? Oh, man, I, yeah, I don't, I'm not necessarily a favorite. I love, I love dark chocolate. So I'm always like, you know, I try, I try to be good. And if I'm being good, that means that I get like a bar of dark chocolate, right? Um, however, I'm like into, you know, tea biscuits, um, cookies, I mean, you you name it. Um, salty I'll sweet is my jam. Salty sweet. Oh See, yeah, I have chocolate covered pretzels. I have a pretzels. little trouble with the salty sweet. Well, oh. no, I shouldn't say. Uh, How no. dare you, sir? No, I, I shouldn't say that. So <laughs> I do. I love a chocolate covered pretzel. But you know what's funny? I will not put maple syrup on my bacon. I'm yeah, maple syrup on my bacon. Yeah, or if, like if it's you know there's maple syrup on the plate and I have bacon, I'm the guy that's like I need another plate over here because oh. I, I like to savor the flavor. of You both are of missing those out, my friend. Listen, I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> Oh my God! Um, you know what? Let's uh, let's climb out of this little sweet little rabbit hole yes. here and introduce this week's guest. Um, our guest this week is Richard Elementi, an entrepreneur and CEO of Original Gourmet Food Company, best known for their lollipops, but producers producers of cookies, confections, and baked goods too. Richard started the company in 2002 to have more creative control over items being sold. He's grown the business by leaps and bounds from one factory in Ohio to additional operations in Turkey and Brazil. Richard's an avid skier, boater, golfer, and poker player. Welcome, Richard. Oh, thank you very much. (laughs) We read your bio. We found out some (laughs) things, but I understand there's also a lot to to unpack. I want to start with one thing. So, you were sort of timeline wise. You were running Natco Sales and Marketing, right, in 1998 as a, a broker for manufacturers, selling not manufacturing candy, foods, other things, as you may have mentioned earlier to us before the mics went on. Um, and you wanted more creative control. So tell us that story around that sort of that experience and your decision to start Original Gourmet. Okay, so yeah. w- what happened was in 1980 we actually started Natco. Uh, sales and marketing. We're in the broker business, and we represented various manufacturers um, to sell to catalog showrooms like service merchandise and best products many, many years ago. And it was a very successful business. And my, I was born in 
the Boston area, and I wanted to come home. And but I chose New Hampshire versus Boston to come home. And um, from there, we started uh, Original Gourmet Food Company. And um, I had no regrets to New Hampshire. I love the place. <laughs> well, and we're happy about that. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. So. Uh, 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 so when it comes to, uh, you mentioned the word poker, mm-hmm. you know, and uh, four years ago we started Chase's Poker Room. Uh, I'm a 40% owner with Mike and Lisa Withrow, and we gave $14 million to charities in southern New Hampshire. And so we're a big supporter um, of uh Charity in Southern New Hampshire. Nice. Where is Chase's Poker Room? It's in Salem, New Hampshire. Okay, there we go. Yeah, the parking lots always fall. It's a great place. So, um, Richard, I want to go back a little bit because, mm-hmm. as Nate said, there's so much to unpack, and I love that you you know you're running Original Gourmet Food Company. You're part partner in a, a gaming uh, business here in the state. Uh, there's so much that you're contributing, but. Um, Going back to the uh, original business you had and uh, being a broker, you were telling us about some of the brands that you oh. worked with and some things you were able to accomplish with them, which I found um, amazing. Yeah. Can, you, can you talk about that? Yeah, well, I'll briefly spend a little time on it. Um, when I first started in 1980, we're in Rochester, New York, and uh, I started the company. Uh, we didn't have any money, and we started from scratch. In fact, my brother lent me in a, uh, a little bag, $10,000, he said, pay me back when you can. <laughs> oh, what a nice brother. Oh, my God. Yeah. A good brother. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He has, uh, he has a very successful business uh, cutting hair in uh, Massachusetts. And, oh, wow. Um, so, uh, but, but it kind of started, and uh, we were very successful in uh, – uh, our business. It took a long time to get started, and uh, it was uh, a very successful venture. Uh, we were actually uh, we uh, contracted with Ray Ban sunglasses, and we we're actually uh, one of the biggest uh, suppliers of sun of uh, Ray Bans in the United States. Oh wow! Uh, we sold uh, during risky business when they had Tom <laughs> Cruise. Oh, wow, yeah. You know, uh, wafer sunglasses, you couldn't believe how many we sold. Um, uh, it was a really great business, and uh, we represented people like uh, Dirt Devil vacuum cleaners and mm-hmm. Sunbeam gas grills, oh, wow. and it was on and on, um, and we had a great business. But I always wanted to come home to New England, mm-hmm. and I mean, uh, my family was here, my brothers and sisters, and and uh, we wanted to start a territory rather than just selling to catalog showrooms. Catalog showrooms was a business that was going downhill mm. with warehouse clubs going up. People like service merchandise and best products were mm-hmm. not making as much money, and uh, that business kind of went away. So I invented uh, Original Gourmet uh, uh, Food Company, and we sold our first uh, cookie tin. Um, I was actually selling luggage to Best Products. We were selling like 20,000 bags a month. Wow. Uh, they had like 200 and something stores in Richmond, Virginia, and the buyer said to me, Look, and Richard, I, I also buy food, and would you consider uh, getting in the food business and creating a cookie tin for us. 
And so I did. He said, go to Olive Can Company in Richmond, Virginia. I mean, in, uh, excuse me, Chicago, mm-hmm. Illinois, and uh, make a cookie tin. And uh, let's bake cookies. And I want three pounds of cookies in my tin, and I want to be nine ninety nine. Just make it <laughs> well, happen. Gee, that's specific, huh? <laughs> wow. Now, did you have any concerns going into saying, okay, now I'm in the cookie business? You well, know, how do you make go around making sure you're making a good cookie that people want? Oh, no, it was um, it. There was a lot of learning curve. I mm. mean, the first cookie tin we made, that we actually put them in like a small little bag and we baked them and it was a soft baked cookie and uh, the cookies a lot of them came broken and it was Mm. not good and then the following year we learned from our experience uh, to individually wrap each cookie and put them in the tin so they wouldn't break and and that was very successful and the first year we sold one customer like 40,000 cookie tins wow and the next year we sold, uh, we had two tins that we sold, and we went after uh, a real business in America, and we sold 280,000 oh cookie tins. Wow. So, year two. That's some and growth. And then as we, grew, as we grew our cookie business, we got a license with M&M, and huh. we put M&Ms in our cookies, and we produced brownies and cookies, and we sold them to Walmart and Target and many customers, and we grew a really terrific cookie business. Um, and we still do cookies today, and uh, it still represents about a third of my business. Um, we got into the lollipops in a strange way, and I'll try to explain that to mm. you. Yeah. Uh, we, we, were, uh, we met this guy, uh, Larry Johns, from McJack Candy. He, was, uh, uh, he worked for Procter & Gamble, engineer. Mm-hmm. He went out on his own, and he said, I want to get in the candy business. So he had this candy equipment uh, that could make the candy by hand, putting the sticks in one at a time, and it would go through a wrapping machine. The wrapping machine never worked right, and it always broke, <laughs> Latini wrapper, and it would, and the it was so antiquated that sometimes he had to create parts to make it work. Oh my God! And um, so the first couple of years we tried to. Uh, to sell uh, lollipops, and we we couldn't really sell them. They just didn't sell. Our cookie business did great, but our lollipop business was not successful. And then along came Kmart. We were at a trade show, and the buyer, senior buyer walked into my booth, and he said, Richard, I love your lollipop. I like your price, but I hate your display. <laughs> I want you to create a display with magnets that can go by all my registers. And I said, wow, that's going to be a challenge. So I went to my patent attorney, hmm. and I met with him because he's an engineer. His patent attorneys are not only just an attorney, but they're mm-hmm. engineers. And they help you develop stuff. So I had contacts in China, and I flew to China, made a trip, and created this new display for the Kmart buyer. We made a sample. We brought it to him. He loved it. He gave us an order for 6,800 displays. Wow. One for every register in every store. And um, so gave us an order, get them shipped, get them out on time, on plan, on schedule. We shipped them. Larry made them by hand, one at a time, <laughs> you know, creating this. And in the first 20 selling days in July, 
We sold 400,000 lollipops at Kmart without an ad at full retail price. Now, how did, did that I surprise that's you? Insane. I mean, I was shocked. I was totally shocked. I would hope so. I told the buyer he was crazy. There was no way you could sell 400000 of anything and came out in July. <laughs> <laughs> I said, don't give me that. I said, without an ad, without any promotion, with just putting them on display with you know, I mean, come on. You became that, a big fan of lollipops like oh that. Oh, my God. <laughs> I said, this is a hit, right? So we had to now expand upon our success, right? So, uh, and, uh, and we did. Uh, one time, came, uh, Staples came into our, our booth, and they said, I love your, this little display. Can you send me one to my Chicago headquarters? I want to try it in a couple in a store and see how it sells. But I think you got a winner here. So we put it in one store. He called us the next week and he says, "Listen, I need a hundred of these displays for a hundred stores. We want to test it, expand the test." And then after that, they called us up about three weeks later and they said, "We want." And in 1,500 stores, there's 300 stores that really don't sell very much. Don't worry about it, Richard. You're selling staples. You know, you're, an, you're our number one candy item at front end. You all wow. sell everything else. So, so step, the next step was uh, about four months later, the buyer called us and said, if we carry anything in our 300 small stores, we have to have y'all lollipop. <laughs> so we got in What a compliment. Staples. Yeah. Wow. wow. So it, it's been uh, a really crazy ride of success stories, test proof, plunge. And everywhere we, we test, it's been successful. You know, every year we sell 8 million lollipops to Home Depot. It's wow. in every store, it's in every Lowe's store, every Dollar Tree store. Every uh, family dollar store, 16,000 stores all oh carry God. our lollipops. Who knew? I yeah. love it. It was, oh it was crazy success. Yeah. But Larry couldn't keep up with the <laughs> making <laughs> I these lollipops. So. Yeah. <laughs> Poor yeah. Larry. You know, I felt really bad for Larry. He's, he's such a nice guy. You need to meet him. But uh, so Larry says, Richard, we got a big problem. Uh, you know, right now we start at four o'clock in the morning. We end at 11 o'clock at night. We work six days a week. <laughs> we can't do it. You know, you got to help us. tired. Yeah. We gotta, <laughs> you got to help us, Richard. Come yeah. on. Get down so here. what we did, it was, uh, he said to me, listen, this is what to do. You need to buy this equipment. He mm. spec'd out the equipment. He's a PNG engineer. Mm -hmm. He said, this is what to do. But I'm not going to buy the equipment because I only have one customer, you. So you have to buy the equipment. <laughs> yep. So that's when we went to Chase Bank. We made a deal. We got a government loan. We, we got a commitment from Chase Bank. And uh, with that government loan, the government-assisted loan, we're able to buy our first lollipop equipment. It was $1.8 million. Wow. It was a little bit scary, let me tell you. I'll bet. 300000 for a wrapper machine. It really worked. And, um, and um, that started us in business. And then we got really serious. And then Walmart... I got to tell you the story. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. They came into our booth in Germany at the largest trade show in the world at ISM in Germany, and they said, get me this display. I want to look at it. 
So they got the display out to the management at Walmart. They looked at it, and they said, Richard, here's what I want to do. I want you to come to Bentonville, Arkansas. I want you to put up the displays in one test store, and let's see what it looks like. But I'm going to be there at 7.30 in the morning. I want it there. Be on time. Be on schedule. Get it done. Mm. So we flew in the night before. We set up the displays. And we had four displays of these magnetic displays by their front-end registers. Uh, they call them speedy checkouts, mm -hmm. you know. And, and we had prime location. The sign said two for a dollar. And we had, of course, all our flavors. So the night before we put the displays up, uh, we wanted everything set up for management first thing in the morning. So we arrived a half an hour early, and we found 67 holes missing. <laughs> that night, Walmart sold in that one store 67 lollipops. Can you believe that? <laughs> Middle of the and night, we left at eight o'clock at night. Oh my god! Okay, and we had we we had dinner, and we, we, you know we got up early and yeah. meeting the management of Walmart. So they walked in, and he looked at it. Sure enough, seven thirty, and he said, "Richard, who's paying for these displays? You and me." I said, I'm paying for him. He said, great, I can make this decision without anybody's asking me. So I really like him. Nice. And are you in every Walmart store now or in some? Well, we're, we are in some of the Walmart stores, but mm -hmm. uh, we were never planogrammed. This was, uh, you know, it was like space that's not in the computer at Walmart. You know, like the magnetic yep. pole is where we put our display is not on their oh, planogram sure. system. sure, yeah, yeah. So that was a whole nightmare because we, we, we sent the displays in. They were sold out. Mm -hmm. I mean, we had huge sales at Walmart, and they would say, okay, here's 500 stores. Ship them all, eight displays per store, and we just ship them out, right? And we were writing the orders for Walmart. We were actually physically writing the orders in my office for Walmart and shipping them every week. It was crazy. <laughs> oh I mean, I was so happy. I was ecstatic. I wow. mean, and, and Walmart gave us the right price. And it was fair for them and fair for us. And we all made money. They made money. We made money. Larry made some money. Larry. Everybody was happy. <laughs> and, Thank God for Larry. Um, it, right? was really, it was really good for everybody. Wow. Um, Anyway, so I think, you know, before we go too much further, I really want to set the table now for our listeners as to the the scope of this successful company you've built here in New Hampshire. So first of all, you're a New Hampshire-based company, correct? Yes. And you're based where? In Salem, New Hampshire. So you built this all in Salem. Um, how many facilities do you now have? Uh, we have three factories. We have one in Istanbul, one in Ohio, and one in Natal, Brazil. And how many employees wow. do you now have? Ooh, <laughs> I'm not even sure. <laughs> so part. many. <laughs> well, let's not talk about manufacturing. Let's just talk about sales, marketing. We have about 40. Okay. Great. All right. And plus all, all the manufacturing folks. So, and, and this is a multi-million dollar company that you've now grown. One of the top 100 private companies uh, that when our magazine puts that list together, you've been on that for several years. Uh, so, I mean, you've grown this into this huge venture here in New Hampshire. Um, most people would not think that 
you know, a, a business of that size would have its founding here in New Hampshire. What was it like to grow here in, in the Granite State? Oh, I loved it. Um, it was. It's been nothing but great. I love to ski. I love boating. So it's got the the best of all worlds yeah. for you to grow it here, oh, right? Right. We got the Boston sports. Yeah. What could be better? Right? Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> where um where in the Boston area did you grow up? You said the Boston area. Uh, Nahant, Massachusetts. There you go. Okay. Yeah. All right. But I I'm a Celtics fan. I have mm-hmm. Celtics seats row two. Row I'll two. be there Wednesday night. <laughs> <laughs> nice. Yeah. Nice. So we ski Loon Mountain. I have um, I have a ski condo on the top of the trail. Uh, you know, four floors, uh, state-of-the-art facility that I ski up there that I built. Um, I have three office buildings in Salem that we own, um, and we're building a couple houses in Derry right now. So I'm in the real estate business, you know, and we have Chase's Poker Room. Yeah. yeah what got you into the? What, what made you want to get into gaming? And, oh and, wow! And what was it like building <laughs> that business? Oh my God! So. Um, Monday nights, I, I have a, a home poker game that we've been playing in for years. And one of my players and I became very close friends. And he said, someday we're going to open a poker room together. I said, wow, that sounds like a great idea. <laughs> so Mike Withrow and Lisa Withrow uh, and I formed Chases. And we're all partners in the Chase's Poker Room venture. And um, actually, Michael and Lisa got the license, and I financed it. And I'm 40% partner, and they're 60% partners, and they run it. And they have 100% say, and it's been nothing but successful. We're number one poker room in Salem, New Hampshire. And we gave, actually, to Southern New Hampshire Charities, over $14 million in the That's last amazing. four years. That's amazing. And that is, just think about the good we've done for all the people in southern New Hampshire. That's I mean, awesome. I think, you know, when you really start thinking about it, you know, like school pay, playgrounds that we've built yeah. or different things that we've done, mm-hmm. it's, the list is so long I wouldn't even be able to create it. I love it. You know, it's it. just been... You know, it's very exciting about the charities aspect of it. Plus, I love to play poker. You that know? helps, right? Yeah. yeah. I, got go a, I got a question for you. And I got play a, poker, right? There you go. There you go. <laughs> I want to go back to when you were a kid in the hunt because I got to say that um, people like you who are driven, who are entrepreneurs, who are just getting things done, who are building business, um, you've obviously come from a background of hard workers. What was it like growing up in the hunt with your brothers uh, okay. and, and your family? Uh, what okay. was that like? Um, my dad, uh, he, he worked for the Boston Globe. He was an artist. Nice. Uh, and uh, uh, we, were, we weren't a rich family at all. Mm-hmm. Okay, he said, someday if I make $10,000 a year, I'll be the happiest guy on earth. <laughs> That's what he used to tell my mother, right? And my mother would always say, if I only had a money tree in the backyard, I'd be the happiest girl on earth, <laughs> right? So, um, no, it was, uh, um, it, was, um, it was challenging. I remember shoveling snow. I mean, I remember one day going out with some boys and we, and we were shoveling all the cars out and the, the driveways and it got to be like seven o'clock at night and we'd go home with a shovel on our back and we'd say, you know, 
I went back and I put all my money on the table. I had nineteen dollars. I goes, oh my god! <laughs> I had all this change and money and everything. I says, I'm rich. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. I love it. Little did you know what yeah. was coming, right? Right. Oh, it and was now crazy. you're and you went from you know shoveling all the driveways to selling all the goods and and yeah. now making all the lollipops. Yeah. It's, so it's are fun. you in are those facilities that you have? Are you with your 1.8 million dollar lollipop investment? Have you um, replicated that in different factories around the world? Are you making it just the lollipops in one place or multiple places? Okay. So we 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 make uh, lollipops. So let me talk about our equipment a little bit. Yeah. It's sure. really different yeah. from anybody else's. So you have Tootsie equipment, Chupa. Uh, 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 a competition makes a what we call a die stamped lollipop. Mm-hmm. It's inexpensive. It's got an opaque wrapper on it, and when you open it up, it's kind of it's not smooth and it's not clear, mm-hmm. and um, it's really a kid's lollipop. You know, we're an adult lollipop that kids eat. Seventy uh, percent of our customers are adults, not kids. Cool. So we're an adult lollipop that kids eat. Only two calories per minute. Oh wow! Fat free. It's a great way to watch a Celtics basketball game on Wednesday night. We're going right? to be looking for you. Yeah. Well, Heck, if many... the Paul McCartney gets concert gets rained out, and they last forty five <laughs> minutes. No, our lollipops. Think about the value. People like to talk. People like to listen. You know, you can have a sweet. People love sweets. What's better than a lollipop that lasts 45 minutes to one hour oh my God. for like 50 cents to $1 retail? What a value, right? Right. And how many flavors have you developed so far? About 25. Right. Wow. And can you talk about, I mean, there's some unusual flavors in there. Oh, right? yeah. Oh, yeah. So you get a mocha latte, for example, with chocolate. It's, mm. got, uh, re- it's made with real cream. All of our lollipops, we don't, we don't use imitation cream. Mm-hmm. We use 360,000 gallons of cream from the farmers in Ohio. Wow. wow. You know, that's pretty cool, that's right? That's a lot of cream. Yes. Yeah. So we make 288 lollipops per, mach- per machine per minute. So they fly off the line. It's fully automated. It's state-of-the-art equipment. We're the only ones in the world that can do it. There is no other machine in the world that anybody owns that can duplicate this product. We have patents on it. And we, we have patent on the process, and uh, we have the brand, we have the formulation, ah, okay. and everybody every yeah. week wants to buy me, and I'm never for sale. <laughs> <laughs> oh, now, man. the last two years obviously have been crazy for everyone, and right. you know, different companies were affected in different ways and recovered in different ways. What did the pandemic look like for you? I mean, as a candy maker that I, you know, I, I don't imagine that you immediately fell under the, you know, the, the, the exemptions. Um, uh, and, um, you know, and then you had the, the gaming room too. How were those businesses affected by the pandemic? And what did you do to get both of them through that time? Well, one of the good things about if you run a good business, you want to have good retained earnings. And you want to have so that you're not hand to mouth on money. Mm-hmm. And I've had a policy 
since day one financial policy. We always pay people in full, on time, always. And we accept this, we expect the same for our side. Um, but having good banking and good cash flow and good retained earnings and good banking relationships mm-hmm. uh, really put us through it without too much of a problem. Yes, I personally lost money in the fourth quarter last year. I sure did. But I can tell you, you know, uh, we're turning it around in the first quarter, and I think from here on in, we're going to do great. I think we have some issues that has to be resolved in this freight situation mm-hmm. from around the world. Containers from China, for example, went from $1,800 to $12,000 oh. in freight. Yeah. And that's, that's an amazing problem. I sent Senator Shaheen a, a letter, and I said, this is how to solve the problem. And hopefully they're going to listen to what I have to say because uh, we, need to, we need to solve this, this, this global inflation problem. So and, what were the solutions you put forward? Well, uh, the solution really comes down to um, what I call a presidential peer pass. Okay, so if the president wanted to really create a program to stop inflation in its tracks, you need to have uh, a program so that um, these steamship lines don't rip us off. And that's what they're doing right now. Think about it, 20,000 containers on a vessel used to cost 1800 now cost 12000 so my recommendation to her in the White House, I sent it to both, along with a $2.5 million invoice for what I call price gouging, Oh, okay, yep. that, you know, it's not fair. The mm. government in the United States needs to help us solve this inflation problem. And, and so I said, in seven days, you could solve the problem. Here's the plan. You need to have a maximum freight cost coming into LA or anywhere, any port in the United States, Mm -hmm. not more than X amount of money uh, uh, from this part of the world to East Coast and West Coast. Mm -hmm. And I sent them a whole plan. And I said, you know, if you enforce this and you tell the steamship lines, global steamship lines, this is the maximum you're going to charge. You will not get a peer pass for next year. And and if you charge more than this, we're going to pay the people the money, and we're going to be charging you, the steamship line, a price-gouging invoice, and you must pay the invoice or you won't get a peer pass. It's mm, fairly simple. So a presidential peer pass is the way to solve the problem, in my mind. Plus, the clogging of containers in L.A. was ridiculous. Mm. You know, what the, the system and procedure they have today is a, uh, a ship company comes in with 20,000 containers, and then half of them don't get picked up because of the cost of freight, and they get clogged up at the port, and all oh. these ships are sitting there. But the real policy ought to be you come in with 20,000 containers from China, you're leaving with 20,000 containers, and bring them back to China, not L.A. You solved the problem in China, not L.A., Mm -hmm. right? So these are some of the things that I think that creative creativity in the White House could solve a lot of problems. Love it. Love it. Um, What's... um 
what would you say, I was going to say what's next for the company, but you're on a pretty darn good trajectory, it seems. So what are some things you're excited about for, for the future of the company? Okay. So what, we've, what we did was, um, number one, we've invented uh, and created the first gourmet uh, organic lollipop. Oh. Certified organic. Cool. Right? And we announced it last what was it, two weeks ago at the Chicago show, right? Nice. It was a big hit. Nice. Right? And we're shipping those now. We have them in production at our facility. Mm-hmm. And um, uh, customers want better goods. They want better for you products. True. Not that our product isn't good for you, but when you eliminate uh, some of the uh, issues and make it organic, it's even better. Mm -hmm. So we're hoping to get into the Whole Foods of the world and the Trader Joe's and some of the more upscaled companies. Um, so we're, we're, we're into that. Um, and I think that's one of the new things that we're into. Plus we're also introducing uh, in fact, we sold all Target stores for 2000 for Christmas, a three-pound bag, and we came up with this real gourmet uh, mix of candies, high-end, much better candies, with this new lollipop that we can put, make, put five flavors in one lollipop. It's the most craziest lollipop <laughs> you've awesome. ever seen. <laughs> it's, it's really crazy. Um, um, the buyer from Dollar Tree looked at it last week at Chicago show. We got to have these all stores right now. Yeah, and um, so they they gave us an order for one hundred twenty thousand uh, bags to start with, just to open up shop. And they also bought a uh, gourmet mini pops too. So we're we're expanding and creating and developing, and we have a great marketing team, a great management team. We're well financed. We're debt free now. I own all my equipment. It's all paid for all over the world. We have zero debt. And uh, we're growing, and uh, we just hired a new sales guy starting on Thursday this week. We're hiring a new uh, operations manager. So we're growing, and um, I think we're going to do just great. I was going to say, I think you'll do just fine. (laughs) (laughs) A sweet success story. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, you've got it all, man. That's <laughs> you, you, Thank you. Thank you. Richard Alimenti is CEO of Original Gourmet Food Company, has some great stories. Thank you so much for being with us. It's been a pleasure. Oh, thank you for having me. And now the buzz. So it's summer, and uh, one of the great traditions of summer is Teens go out and get a job. Get I know a my, job, kid. I know. My 13-year-old is already saying he wants to work. I'm nice. like, legally, we can't let you. No. But don't worry. How I mean, old do you have to be? I think it's 15. I have to double check that. Oh, God. I remember. But he is I, raring to yeah, go. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So, that. you know. Get that kid making some money, huh? It is. And, you know, it, it, we need those team workers now more well, than ever, right? Yeah. I mean, think about, think about like, our, our, the seasonal workforce. The kids at the water parks and the this and the that. I mean, restaurants. What are they? They're the teen workforce. That's right. And, you know, last year, more than 32% of teens had a summer job, which is the highest since 2008, according to the Bureau of Labor Statistics. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And, uh, 
In a state where tourism and retail are major economic drivers, teens are in demand this summer more right. than ever. Right. And they're calling the shots. So all those businesses are having to make sure they have competitive salaries, more yeah. perks, flexibility. So, you know, it's not just, you know, the team going in nervously with an application, hoping they'll get their no, first they job. they got to fight for it now, man. They're in demand. Yeah. Yeah. Do you know, though? So I was, I was doing a little bit of research um, on well, this topic. And, and I, in an article somewhere, I found the, uh, a statistic from 1978. I'm going to have you guess how, what percentage of teen workers were, had jobs or were employed seasonally in 1978. 40%. 50. I knew it was going to be high. Gosh darn, kids are getting lazier. Well, <laughs> they aren't going out to work as much as they used to. Yeah, well, and, and I'm sure there's a lot of other factors yeah. uh, related to that and probably more restrictions, and you know, it, which in a way is good for our kids. It is. I mean, we do have to make sure, you know, because... They're safe and... They, they, they can be easily abused by the system. Right, right. You know, and so that in itself is a concern. Mm -hmm. But the other concern that I have is... This is the building blocks that I had for my own career. Oh, yeah, me too. Working you know, at age 12, you know? Yeah. I mean, as soon as I was able to land a job, my dad drove me down to the yep. local supermarket. I filled out the application myself. Yep. I met with the manager, got hired, and then I didn't stop working since then, mm. you know? And it's where I learned to be punctual, mm -hmm. for the most part. Yep. Uh, it, yep. But it's, you know, where you learn to deal with different kinds of people how bosses and customers and other employees provide customer service yeah. there's yeah. all these fundamentals that you learn in those first jobs that you have mm -hmm. and i'm always surprised when i meet a college student that the job market that they're about to go into is like their, is first. their first experience That's frightening. and i thought do we really want people's first learning curve on how you function in a workplace to be the one that really counts you know <laughs> no we don't we don't and that's what we're buzzing about this week thank you for joining us today if you enjoyed the stories and information you heard on today's podcast find more by subscribing to business nh magazine or visiting businessnhmagazine.com check out the cardinal blog and learn about our services at cardinalconsultingnh.com we're on social at Cardinal Consulting NH. I'm Matt Mowry. And I'm Nathan Carroll. BizCast NH is a joint production of Business New Hampshire Magazine and Cardinal Consulting. <laughs>